Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Quickly, the nuclear reactor is acting up. The only way to stop it is to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Blue Tuesday. Pick your battles a little more carefully. So basically, I moved into a two-bedroom apartment two months ago with Sarah and Jessica. Names changed. Now, Sarah's on the lease, Jessica is Sarah's girlfriend and isn't on the lease. I pay 50%, Sarah pays 25%, and Jessica pays 25% of rent. Not my ideal situation, but I was desperate for roommates at the time. Fast forward two months, they're enormous slobs who never do anything, so I clean up after them all the time. I vacuum the living room, mop the kitchen, do dishes, etc. I buy most of the shared groceries and household items like toilet paper, which the two of them plow through really quickly. Sarah has a cat in the apartment, which is unauthorized, and regularly has an unauthorized dog here too. Their rent is paid late, and utilities on the last possible day. Also, the girls smoke copious amounts of weed and, while I don't care, I ask them to be respectful enough to air out the apartment and keep the smoke out of my room. Now last week, crap goes south. Sarah and Jessica overheard me complaining about having to clean up after them, and after ignoring me for a few days, sent me a long text about how rude they considered that, etc. So I let out everything that was bothering me, and tell them that if they don't want to live with me, I'll gladly release them from the lease, repay the deposit, and they can go. This causes them to freak out and they tell me, it's two against one, we'll force you to move. Oh heck no. I blocked them on all forms of social media and means of communication. The next day, I went down to the apartment managers and reported the two unauthorized pets and the unauthorized occupant. Written notices were given, Sarah and Jessica threw them straight in the trash. I return from a four-day stay at my dad's and go straight to report the unauthorized occupant, Jessica, who's already been once asked to leave, and both unauthorized pets, which were supposed to be gone by now. Well, at this point, Sarah and Jessica are getting pissed off. Jessica screams obscenities at me anytime I enter or leave my bedroom. Twice, she spent a half-hour period pounding on my door and the walls of my room. She taunts me through the door trying to get me to open up. All of this is being quietly recorded on my phone while I still haven't said a word. So yesterday, I went back down to the office to finish securing my new apartment and to report more violations. When I came home, the chain lock was locked so I had no way to get in. This is what I'd been waiting for. Jessica taunts me again on video and then slaps my hat off my head, hitting me square in the forehead with the back of her hand. Bingo. The revenge, I call the cops, rat Sarah and Jessica out for being druggies, get all their paraphernalia confiscated, and get a police report for battery. Come Monday, I'll be on my way to the prosecutor's office to press charges. The apartment managers will also be getting a copy of this report. Also, tomorrow's the last day to pay rent before it's late. Sarah and Jessica disappeared early this morning. If they don't pay rent, I'm gonna get them on abandonment clause, finally get them evicted, and have the locks changed, all before I move out tomorrow. 
It's two against one? Think again. Considering how Sarah and Jessica treated the living space with OP, is this a satisfying outcome for you? Or do you think it's too light or do you think it's going a bit too far? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Tarzan is my pony. Irritating vegan temp takes office pranks way too far, so I destroy her entire life paradigm. About eight years ago, I was male, 27, a seven-year veteran at a large tech corporation, senior designer on the communications team by then. The senior copywriter went on maternity leave, leaving a temp in her place. Although irritating in a non-descriptive way, she presented well and seemed competent enough. For later context, she was also an uber dog lover and a staunch and righteous vegan SJW. There were frequent mutual and innocent team pranks, things like replacing a box of diet cookies with a box of Krispy Kremes or covering the laser on someone's mouse, like, oh you dog, you got me kind of things. Now let me fix that and let you get back to work. Being desperate for acceptance, the new temp started taking things a bit far and seemed to focus pranks directly towards me. Even after a few subtle reprimands from our manager, she continued. Things like slipping inappropriate photos or comments into a PowerPoint presentation on the shared drive, I was about to give her fake crying during morning stand-up just to gauge reactions. Her novelty wore off fast. Fast forward to the morning after my birthday, she knew I was going to be hungover. I get to my desk, red-eyed and thirsty as heck, grabbed my water bottle at my desk, which I always kept full, and started chugging like it was going to save my life. It was straight vodka. At least two full swallows before I realized. I go straight for my garbage bin to throw up, the slurry of alphabet soup, at least six cans of beer, and God knows what else she put in there, made darn sure I did hurl. I got most of the vodka out, but already being hungover, it made me instantly drunk again, was not impressed. She came in laughing her brains out, taking full claim. I did an arc on her, but the story made its rounds to HR, and she was given a stern warning. I would have accepted an apology, even remorse, but not a shred. In fact, she started calling me Pukey McGee to literally no one's fanfare. I let it pass for a few weeks, waiting for the attention to die down. Revenge Day finally arrived. She always left at 10am to get a Starbucks. I took this time to plaster lost dog posters anywhere outside the office she might stumble by on her way back. She fell for the bait, asking around, but no one was the wiser. Once she was cozy at her desk, I went to her car to stage a hit-and-run massacre with chunks of fatty steak, a liter of fake blood, an old leash and collar, and a bag of fake fur. I went to work. I'd share the pic, but it's long gone, but it was very convincing. Looked like a leash was caught around her rear passenger axle and the dog got clogged and shredded between the tire and wheel well. I left the collar dangling out the back with a particularly generous portion of gore and puddle of blood. It didn't take long before others noticed the lost dog posters or the gory car and put two to two together. Eventually, the owner of a white so-and-so with license plate such-and-such, please come to reception, went over the intercom. It's on. It was delicious. She was out in the lot sobbing so hard she was coughing. 
carefully placing chunks of bloody, furry gore into a box. It took her an hour to gather every precious bit, crying the entire time. My theory was that she wanted to return the dog to its owner as best she could before calling the number on the poster. Was a shame there was no owner or dog, but she was too distraught to realize it was fake. I thought for sure the lack of bones or guts and obviously fake sticky stage blood would be a near instant giveaway, but to my utter shock, it wasn't. A scenario I wasn't expecting, but welcomed just the same. It was just assumed the dog owner had printed the wrong number on the poster because the remains never were returned. She had the collar and the leash cleaned and posted posters of her own in hopes of finding the owner. Given her reputation, there wasn't much sympathy offered. The righteous vegan dog lover was now a dog killer, and I took every chance I could to remind her of that. She took down all her gaudy dog lover crap off her desk and kept very much to herself for the remainder of her term. Bonus that she even left early, but not sure if I can take credit for that for certain. This is definitely a very brutal nuclear revenge. I gotta admit, I do feel kind of bad for her because I'm a dog lover myself. It would absolutely tear me to shreds if I ever had the thought that maybe I did a hit and run on a dog. Even if by accident, the ensemble and the sight of what OP had created would absolutely destroy me. Probably more than the dog got destroyed. I'm just glad the dog was fake. And our final story of the day is by Odin the American, Revenge in the Army. I was in the army, and while away on a four-day pass, my barracks room was broken into, and a significant amount of my military equipment, helmet, backpack, weapons, web belt, ammo carrier, etc., was stolen to the tune of approximately $800 in 1984 dollars. When I returned, there were tool marks on the locked room door, and it was clearly a break-in. I notified my platoon sergeant and first sergeant, and they said to call the military police. Then the company commander slash commanding officer, who outranked us, called me and stated he didn't want the break-in being reported to the military police because then our company would show up in the higher level, division, police blotter, and this would make him, the company commander slash commanding officer, look bad. So he told me to do a report of survey, a form used to be reimbursed for lost equipment, and I wouldn't have to pay for the stolen equipment, whose replacement costs were a month's pay. When I submitted the paperwork, and without the police report, my request to be reimbursed was denied, and I was told I would have to pay for all the stolen equipment. I was shocked because it was a lot of money, and I was just about to leave the army to go back to college. I needed that money to survive. The commanding officer told me that was a tough break, and there was nothing he could do to help me even though it was his orders I had followed. Well, turns out, just a week before we found out that the division would not replace my stolen equipment, I had led our company through a nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons evaluation exercise. That was my specialty in the army, and the spineless commanding officer sat out the exercise, and just observed. This placed me in a leadership position to do his job, while a captain from our division HQ graded our actions. I was a junior sergeant who had to maneuver, lead, and direct the whole company of 120 men, including senior lieutenants, to a staging area 5 miles away, through the security procedures to secure the decontamination site, and then lead the cleaning of our men, tanks, and equipment from the simulated chemical attack. I had never maneuvered an armored company before, but I did it, and the other sergeants and lieutenant in the unit were shocked that the commanding officer hadn't helped me during the exercise. The process went well and, at the end, 
A captain from the division who was evaluating us congratulated me on doing a good job. In front of the company, this captain then explained our next steps we would do. He made a mistake and told the troops wrong information that, in combat, would get them killed. I was leaving the army, but I cared enough about my fellow soldiers to want them to be combat proficient. So politely and respectfully, I corrected the captain on what he had said. But he clearly resented me making him look silly. I guess he was embarrassed a lower ranking soldier corrected him, and that made him noticeably embarrassed. At the end of the debriefing, I was walking back to my armored vehicle to radio our HQ that now we had completed our decontamination, a requirement of the exercise and were operational again, and this captain followed me away from the other soldiers. He asked what I was going to do, and I told him I was about to make the radio call to HQ. And he told me that wouldn't be necessary, I could just tell him what I would say. I told him, and he told me our unit had passed the evaluation. Luckily for me, my first sergeant overheard him say this to me. Now fast forward to where I find out that my equipment would not be replaced, and a couple days later, I was called into the commanding officer's office with my first sergeant and told our company had flunked the training evaluation because they hadn't made that radio call. I was getting out of the army, so I didn't really care, but it was bad news for my commanding officer. I was shocked because the other captain who outranked me told me not to make the radio call, that our unit was decontaminated and operational again. Turns out that the captain was immature and mad at me since I'd embarrassed him in front of all the soldiers in my unit. I was still angry at the commanding officer for ordering me not to call the police about my barracks room break-in and how he didn't care that I would now have to pay a lot of money to replace my stolen equipment. So I didn't defend myself or tell the commanding officer what really happened with the evaluation or that captain. When I left the CO's office, the first sergeant told me he had heard the other captain tell me not to make that radio call, but not to say anything. Our CO was a jerk, who would get us all killed in a war, and his unit flunking the evaluation made him look really bad, so he asked me to keep my mouth shut. A couple weeks later, the CO was rude to a sick soldier in our unit while I was out processing to leave the army. Everyone hated him even more for this, so our supply sergeant who was retiring from the army, and after the CO signed for all the military equipment in the supply room, told me he couldn't believe the commanding officer had screwed me over on my stolen equipment and that he would help me. So he handed me the keys to the supply room that the CO hadn't collected and told me to take whatever military equipment I would need to replace my stolen equipment, since the CO was now responsible to replace everything in the supply room with his money. He also apologized that some of the replacement equipment I would need was not in the supply room and he felt bad I'd still have to pay a couple hundred dollars out of pocket to replace some of the stolen equipment. The supply sergeant also answered my questions about where all the backup training logs for our unit's weapons and physical training tests were kept. We were about to be inspected by higher headquarters, and these records were super important for the CO to pass the inspection and be promoted and not be kicked out of the army. The day before I got out of the army with an honorable discharge, and just a couple days before this huge, important inspection, it was discovered that the whole company's year's worth of weapons training records, the backup records, and electronic records were missing or wiped clean. The CEO had to explain this embarrassing situation to his bosses, 
who were not happy with him. His unit had already flunked the nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons evaluation, and now his unit had failed to properly maintain training records. Even worse, his unit's training budget was completely over budget, with costs over the charts, and the division had to come up with a lot of money to cover the ammo costs to requalify the whole company on all of our weapons, plus time from other duties to redo our physical tests of running, push-ups, etc. Just as bad, advanced training would have to be cancelled to redo all the basic weapons qualification training that had to be completed once again. There was no way the CO could avoid receiving a bad performance appraisal, which would end any chance of him getting promoted, thus effectively ending his military career. Meanwhile, my fellow soldiers loved it because they liked to shoot machine guns, throw grenades, shoot cannons, etc. My last day in the army, at morning formation, every, as everyone was getting ready to do the makeup PT test, and later, all day doing makeup weapon qualifications for several more days, my awesome first sergeant told me that the disappearing records was the best end term of service prank he had ever seen. I of course replied that I didn't know what he was talking about. He laughed, winked at me and told me I was a good soldier and that he would miss me. He then shook my hand and wished me well. I mean, if the person running the show and organizing and spearheading everything is a total jerk, it's almost a given that the whole place is going to be demoralized just a crappy place to be in general. Despite OP going to great extents to make sure they sunk this commanding officer, they kind of deserved it to begin with. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.